Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 105 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan S. Scott with you at Oilers Now, which is brought to you every day by our title sponsor, Digitex. Wishing you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Just before I go to Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers, I have to read this text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Romo. As text the show, we're talking about Duncan Keith. He says, Bob, with all of Duncan Keith's accolades, what does he have left to prove? It is clear his priority is now family. How does this bode well potentially for Edmonton? This reminds me of the Andrew Ferent situation. Romo, you didn't actually just compare Duncan Keith to Andrew Ferentz, did you? Andrew Ferentz was the number five defenseman in Boston that was not going to get a multi-year extension in Boston. He got a four-year deal from the Oilers at that time, who were looking for leadership. Duncan Keith won two Norris's, three Stanley Cups, and a Conn Smythe Trophy, and was playing 23 minutes last season. Andrew Ferentz never played 23 minutes. Sorry, don't see the comparable. All right, we'll bring aboard on the River Cree Resort and Casino. We welcome back to the show one of the top analysts in the game. He was a former Edmonton Oilers coach and player. We welcome back Craig Simpson. How are you doing, Craig? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Good. Let me just, before we get to the series, hypothetically, yeah. uh, we've got a real, and I've always had time for analytics, you know that. The analytics community do not want Duncan Keith here. Uh, I will tell you right now, I'd, I'd love to see the Oilers get Duncan Keith, bring in a veteran guy, play in the two-hole. He's He knows how to win. What's, from your perspective, what do you see there? If Edmonton, would you, do you think that Duncan Keith at this stage in his career could help the Edmonton Oilers playing behind Darnell Nurse? Oh, I, I think he could help, uh, no question. It's, it's like any of those kind of decisions. It has to be really based on, you know, what's the desire of Keith? You don't want to come to a situation that he doesn't really feel comfortable in or want to be in. You don't want it as, well, this is the only landing place that maybe gives him a chance to be out west. I, I think you really got to get a sense of, 
what's left in your desired tank. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Dunk, he's always in shape. He's always a competitor. He's always prepared. He's a, he's a great professional in that regard. Uh, so uh, I, I just think that like everything, uh, those types of decisions, the number has to make sense and not eliminate the opportunity to bring someone else in another role, whether it be as a checking role or forward because the number's too big. But I don't think there's any question that having the savvy of a veteran guy who's been a star in the league and has had success will help the younger guys grow and, and learn and develop and uh, be in a situation where maybe take some of the pressure off in key situations. So I uh, haven't given it a whole lot of thought, but I, I, I definitely think from a person standpoint and a competitor, I mean, Duncan's the kind of guy that uh, does whatever he needs to do to be ready to play every night. And so uh, that's a good example. That's a good role model. And that would be a guy who could take some of the heat and pressure off against some real matchups. This is a guy who's played the matchup game, you know, basically the last, what, 14 years. or So he understands how to survive in those kind of situations and that's what's going to be needed if uh, uh, the back end grows and develops in Edmonton. Craig, uh, you're watching the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup final. You've been there every step of the journey with uh, with them. First of all, were you surprised they beat Toronto? Uh, surprised? No. I, I think once they turned the series... Uh, I thought early on, and this is what's happened in this series as well, early on they got behind in games, and they, they are not a team that's built uh, to come back in games. When they've been down two goals in a game throughout this playoffs, they haven't won yet. And so, you know, that's a troubling thing. Not not just, uh, you know, at any time early in a game. It's, they're not built to be a comeback-type team. And I thought once they were able to establish their game right from the drop of the puck, they've, you know, got 11 of their 12 wins when they've scored first. They've been a really good defensively structured team. So I thought they were better than Toronto in the last uh, four games of that series and, and deserved to win. And you know, the, what they've done to get to this point, uh, I don't think has been by mistake. Yeah, I thought, Bob, for about 13 straight games, they were able to just press the repeat button and give the same type of performance uh, defensively and structurally that gave teams problems. But uh, in this final, there, there's no question that Tampa's the best team that they've faced in the playoffs here and the team that's playing the best at the, at the proper time, too. Craig, you spoke a bit about the importance of experience. Mark Bergevin added to that. I had them as a top three team to start the season. COVID mm -hmm. probably, that delay they had and then having that jam schedule might have cost them third place, who knows, maybe even second place. But how important do you think that, you know, Corey Perry, uh, Eric Stahl added just before the deadline this year, some of those, you know, Joel Edmondson coming in, I mean, how has that changed the complexion and the makeup of the Montreal Canadiens, in your opinion? Yeah, it's helped them get through the adversity times. I mean, I've said often, even in a game, pro-veteran guys know how to play tired. They know how to play exhausted when you get caught out on a shift. And that's a learned experience. And so I think it has served them well 
in the adversity that they had. And, uh, you know, it's gotten them uh, a group that has found a way to persevere through all that and bond together. And, and that's another thing of guys who have been around winning groups is you have to be all in as a group. You, you can't have any mental fractions in your room where guys are either jealous of ice time that others are getting or ticked off that they're not getting enough ice here or somebody's getting more of an opportunity. I think veteran guys do have that sense of how important it is to be a family and be a team and especially believe in each other at playoff time. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the good and bad. The, the good has been that they're, they've really contributed well but when you get into a series that you don't necessarily match up as well, guys like Perry and guys like Stahl, these are the games where, yep. you know, their age and their wear and their lack of speed and their lack of being able to turn a game might end up costing them. So in many ways, they've gotten them, helped get them here. But this might be a matchup where they just can't quite compete at that level against their opponent that they're matched up against. Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers Hockey Night in Canada joining us on Oilers now. Craig, are you surprised that the Canadians have only scored a goal in each of the first two games? That it doesn't look like they're going to play Tomas Tatar at all? Yeah, and it's hard to know. You know, <laughs> you, you always look at a guy who's had some flashes of great uh, uh, stretches in his career. I have no idea whether this is a case of a guy that they don't trust or they don't like defensively or they've got some issues. So, you know, we've been on like everybody all year. You you don't see a a person. You listen to a quick answer on a Zoom call, so you don't really get a sense of where he's at. Um, But at at some point, I I think if you you lose this game and you still can't score, you're probably – have to make a change just for the sake of change. And, uh, you know, that's where I, I think there, there always is a balancing act, especially when you get this deep. Like I just said, uh, I, I think you might have to take Stahl out of the lineup or even Perry at some point to get a little faster, to get a little tougher on the puck, to change the way that you play. And Tatar, you know, maybe for – can he play four great games for you and maybe get a goal or two? I, I, it's clear they're not doing it here for game three, but if you can't score again and the, you get the same result, I think, uh, Bob, you're forced to, to in game four. We're going to have uh, Hart Levine coming up from Puckpedia to talk about the financial differences. They're no greater in terms of tax implications than between Quebec and the state of Florida. Like Quebec's the highest tax jurisdiction in the NHL and Florida's yeah. amongst the lowest. And it, it, it like, and I'm going to take you back right to when you coached and you guys, and I had, you, you know, Liz, I had an immense, I didn't agree with everything that happened, but I had an immense amount of respect of how competitive the team that Kevin built and the team that Craig and you coached against Dallas. Cause Dallas had like a, Two to one difference, and it's not as pronounced Tampa Bay and Montreal, but it's still fairly significant. I mean, the the Lightning are playing with a ninety-eight million dollar team, and without Tatar and Druen in the lineup, the Canadians are basically playing like with a seventy-one, seventy-two million dollar team. Is that a is that a cop out, or is it a bit of a factor in a series? Well, it always is, but you look at the makeup of teams throughout the league that you find yourself matched up against. That that's always going to be an element. That's always going to be something. This is a dramatic one because of the Kucherov situation all year. And, 
you know, for them, they played it without their best player the entire year and uh, still did okay, got themselves into the playoffs, and now they're reaping the benefits of him being back in, and that's what brings that salary cap up to such a high number. Uh, you know, on the flip side, if Vasilevsky was the player that missed the entire regular season, Tampa might not make the playoffs. You know, he, you never know. There's, right. there's keys to that. But I, I do think that's what I was saying about the makeup of the Canadians. You know, Tampa is a team that can defend really, really well, but they can also beat you in a five-minute span, right? Like, they have that uh, breakthrough offensive talent. Montreal typically, and it's been shown throughout this playoffs, is not typically going to beat you if they're down by two with 10 minutes left, they can come storming back. So it has been sort of how Montreal has had to rally about the way they need to play to be successful. And as I said, I thought they did it for two and a half series to perfection, but the challenge is against this Tampa team that's skewed on the higher end offense. It's not as easy to do. And let's face it, Vasilevsky has been the best player in the series to this point. Braden point. What a player, eh? Yeah. Braden's, you know, (laughs) I think it was uh, breeze said in his media available to start you know the irony is one of the reasons why he slipped in the draft was his skating at that point and now arguably it's one of his best assets so it's always you have to look at the player and say what did he do and you and I have talked about this so often Bob of young players understanding what they need to do and work on to be successful and Braden's always been around the puck it follows him he gets it when he doesn't have it he's He's relentless at trying to get it back. And I just think now that, you know, when you get the chemistry that he has with a Kucherov and you can play off of each other, it just it adds his game to another level as well because he, he has another threat that he can use his God-given skills and worked-on skills and his instincts around the game with another guy who thinks similarly. And, uh, you know, I, I thought Montreal missed a huge – they made a great job of responding after a poor game one. But they missed an opportunity, and they know it, that you really didn't get much or anything out of the point line in game two, and you still weren't able to come away with a win. That's a bad sign. And even John Cooper in in our coach's talk today said he's going to – you can expect to see a lot of the point line early on because he knows they didn't have a good game. They weren't that great. He's going to give them every opportunity to crank it up here in game three. The general perception out there, Craig, is that Tampa Bay is going to include, you know, a Palat or possibly a Gord uh, with Tyler Johnson uh, to, to Seattle. Of course, Johnson played as junior in Spokane. I want to ask yeah. you about I want you. I want to ask you about Alex Kalorn because to me there are some similarities uh, with your game and his. You know, the net presence, the competitiveness in tight fighting for space. He's a pretty yeah. good player. He's. I mean, that might be another guy for them to get under the cap for next season and they can get real assets back. What are your thoughts? And I know Clorn's only played the one game in the series, but he's been a pretty impressive player in the playoffs to watch. No, he's, he's a big part of their team. And again, John Cooper said as much, you know, he's, he's not a captain or assistant captain, but he doesn't need to be like, he's a, he's a dressing room guy. You know what you're getting from him every single night. He plays key role on the power play in front. He plays a key role on the penalty kill. He's reliable, he's energetic, and uh, I, I know they have a high, high regard 
for what he does and what he's a part of the mix. Um, you know, I, I think they're probably going to have to lose a, a really good player to one of two things. Uh, like you just said, the expansion and maybe even cap compliance. So of those names that you said, I, I think that Gord is such an integral part of the, the core of their group, uh, the way that their lines are put together, that you know, I think they'd do everything to keep him. Uh, and it might be a case of Palat or Kalorn that you end up losing a really good player who's a key role on your team. And let's face it, I think that's why, Bob, they are so adamant that they can't let this opportunity go away. You know, you got a chance to win back-to-back Stanley Cups. And if you lose one or two of your great players, which they didn't really have to do this time around, you know, they know that they can't allow this opportunity to go. That's why I would say uh, I think you'll see a much better Tampa team here in Game 3 as well. Well, that's going to be scary for the Canadians. Look, I'm going to take you back to 0506. You guys were down 2 nothing in San Jose. You rallied. Uh, they were, the, the Canadians were down 3-1 to the Leafs. They rallied. You, yeah. went, into, you went into Carolina. You, you obviously you lost Rolly in Game 1. Game two wasn't close. You're down two nothing. A lot of people thought you were dead at two nothing. A lot of people thought you were dead at three one. Is there certain things that? Ha- and I know Tampa Bay isn't as good. Tampa Bay is a better team than Carolina was in 0506. Yeah. And yeah. maybe the separation between the teams wasn't as much. But was there still a fair amount of confidence with your guys' squad back in 0506 that you're in, still in good shape, even though you're down two nothing and later three one in the series? Yeah, you, you just, you got to believe. And, and that's, you know, you can say all you want, okay, we're still in this series, we're just taking it one game at a time. But it does start to pile up in, in your body, in your mind. You've been playing so hard, you've been playing so energetically, you know, with all your emotion, you're all bought in. But if you if you have any doubt at all, you know, bad things that can happen in a game, just just instinctively will will come and maybe not give you that ability as a group to get the edge to get the win back. So tonight for me for Montreal is about believing, and part of the belief is going to be: can you put one by uh, Vasilevsky? You got to believe that you can score on this guy, and you got to as a group say: I, I think we can compete with this team. We can win. We can shut them down. We got our defensive structure back. I think that's what you got to build. That's what. Montreal has done wonderfully throughout this playoffs is have that collective belief and trust in each other and, and feel like you're going to have success. But if you go and things don't go well and you can't get anything by Vasilevsky, it's just human nature. You know, there's a little bit of doubt. We, we always said when you had the better team, the thing you try to do as quickly as possible is plant the seed of doubt and give them no hope. And, you know, that's your goal to try to break your opponent down. And on the flip side, you got to believe that you're there. you got to understand and feel like it's worth investing all the efforts because it's not going to be in vain. And, you know, I don't think Montreal is quite there yet in this series. But, Bob, let's face it, this is the game that they have to get that uh, or else it's going to be done quickly. All right, Craig, uh, two final ones for you. One that's uh, something near and dear to your heart. But before I get there, uh, you you know, you worked all Canadian division games during the regular season. Edmonton 12th and 11th overall the last two years, basically second in the division two straight years, but crashed out in the opening round of the playoffs. What's your assessment of what we saw out of the Oilers this season? Well, I was really uh, disappointed from the playoff perspective to see. I like. I know you get 
you're losing four. You've got overtime games that easily could have changed and, again, give you that hope and feel that you can recover from it. But I, I still think, you know, they were a much better defending team than they have been in other years. And I, I don't know how many times I've said that to you, Bob. And until both the top players, which did a good job both ends of the ice, but collectively as a group, you have to be able to check and you have to have good sticks. And uh, I, you know, going back even to Montreal, how they were able to beat Vegas and beat Winnipeg so so handily was they checked unreal. They had great sticks. They were in the right place. They took away the shooting lanes, all those things that you need to have to be a playoff-worthy team. And that has been probably the biggest weakness of the the Oilers over the past is from their D not being able to be the shutdown box out and don't allow anybody to the net. And they never really had a checking line. Now, of course, they're not going to have a line like the Gord line, but you know, if, if Edmonton had a similar semblance of that kind of third line, that completely changes the matchup game for your head coach. And that to me is going to be something if they're going to make that next step, they, they have to have that throughout their lineup and they have to have that on the back end. Craig, I'm not sure in terms of the status of this, but I know you did uh, the, the, I believe it was called the Never Say Never Golf Tournament for yep. like 30 plus years. You're involved uh, in spinal cord research and those sort of things. Are, are you? I, I know you're on the Community Foundation. Are you still doing the golf tournament or what's going on there? Well, it was disappointing. We had our 32nd annual canceled last year, obviously, and we're going to try to do just a little invitational this year to bring a good amount of the group together and try to help raise a little bit of money for Spinal Cord Injury Treatment Center Society. And uh, But then next summer, we'll be back to our normal uh, gala and, uh, and tournament at the Belvedere. So it's been a frustrating little while. And for me, working into July in the Stanley Cup Finals is, right. uh, makes it a little bit more challenging to, to get everything organized. But no, we'll do it in a smaller way, and then we'll be back at it uh, next year for sure. Craig, much appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us in Oilers. Uh, now have a good call tonight. All right, Bob. Take care. You bet. That is longtime uh, NHL player as an Edmonton Oiler and later an Edmonton Oilers coach, one of the top analysts in the business, Craig Simpson, 125 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. 127 in Edmonton. A quick text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We're talking about the fact that uh, several of the analytics-driven type individuals, not a fan of uh, potentially acquiring Duncan Keith. This text comes in saying, Bob, we know what the analytics community doesn't like, but perhaps you could educate dummies like me, says Cactus Jack, as to what they actually do like. Oh, interesting point. You know, we can play a trick on Uncle Milt out at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin where cars cost less. Right now, gas is around 130 plus. Milt has started to drive a Ford Fusion Energy Plug-In Hybrid, which allows him to drive home and use no gas. This car has just over a 1,000 clicks on it, and Johnny at Brent Ridge Ford wants to sell it from under him. 29997 under 30k buys it with a low interest rate and extra warranty. You can give Johnny a call out at Brent Ridge Ford if you want. 780-360-1730. Into the Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you by James H. Brown Injury 
lawyers, the heavy hitters in injury law, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang of James H. James H. Brown. They're the best. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brandon Escott. Alex Kalorn did make the trip to Montreal uh, with the Lightning, but remains questionable ahead of Game 3 tonight. He did block that shot off of his foot in Game 1, listed as day-to-day right now. And we already mentioned that Dominique Ducharme has been activated from COVID protocol. He'll be back behind the bench for Montreal tonight. There you have it. Again, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. It is 128 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update. And when we come back, a guy that really understands the numbers and can break things down, and he's got a little nugget for you on the Duncan Keith contract as well. Uh, Puckpedia's Hart Levine when we come back. And orders now after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.